How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Unlike Any Other, the UMAC, a podcast designed to bring you courtside and closer to the action. Ryan Mitchell alongside Wyatt Morrell, excited to dig into our preview show, starting off with looking at the woman's side of things this week on the podcast. Wyatt, how we doing? Yeah, doing good. And like you said, we're going to do the women's here today because ladies first, and then next week we'll get into the men. But uh, looking forward to taking a look and previewing this upcoming season. I think there's a lot of great players returning into the conference, both for the women and the men's side, people that are taking advantage of that extra year. And so because of that, we've never really seen anything like this before in this conference. So I'm really excited to evaluate these teams give some people some of our insight and our views on the upcoming season. And uh, I think it should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm ready to get into it. And folks, of course, we will be learning more and more about these teams throughout the season, even leading up to the start of the year. First games for the UMAC, obviously non-conference contests, are on Friday, November the 5th. And just a note before we jump into these predictions, if you will, we will return to this exercise, if you will, before conference play begins so at the end of non-conference we'll reevaluate and officially set our one through eight if you will for how we think this season is going to pan out in the umac so with that Wyatt, i'll uh, hand it over to you and we're just going to go over each and every team give you some nuggets and some things to look forward to heading into this season and then stay tuned eventually we each will pick one through eight and tell you who we think is the favorite at this point in the umac yeah, and before we even get into another thing, Ryan, I think we should actually mention is we've we've received some pretty good feedback from people since we came up with this idea, and we just want to say thanks to the people that have supported Absolutely. us so far, and uh, just to know that there are people that are interested in this is encouraging, so this is something that we can continue doing and moving forward with, so uh, we're, we're looking forward to that for sure. So with that, we're just going to go in order here down the line from last year's standings, and it was really interesting last year, Ryan, because at the top you had that three-way tie in the regular season, but oddly enough, it was Bethany, I believe, that was six and one, and North Central and Northwestern were both seven and one. Yet they gave Bethany the regular season championship as well. Do you remember well, why they decided to do that, like with the three-way tie? Well, uh, North Central was actually the number one. They ended up hosting, but I'm just saying in the regular season championship or in the regular season, excuse me, all three of them got to earn the title, technically. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's complicated with the UMAC. Since they each just had one loss, there's something in the tiebreaker rules that they each would get a share of it, if you will. And really, I mean, it's nice to say, hey, we won the regular season, you get to take a picture with the banner. And, you know, that means something, but really the thing that people cared about is the seeding. So Northwestern... I just thought it was an interesting tidbit to point out that three very good teams up there yeah. at the top that tied in the regular season. And like you said, North Central was able to uh, get the one seed and host the tournament. So that's where we're going to start. And Ryan, I got to say, there's a lot to like about this team coming into this year. Coach Brunner in his seventh season, and they return all the big pieces that they need to go on championship run. I mean, they were oh so close last year to hoisting the trophy and you look at this team, there's a lot to like. You've got Emily DiGiorgio, first team all UMAC coming back, 17 points per game. You've got both Talsos returning into the lineup. Conte is back. Hagstrom is back. She was an honorable mention. I mean, there's just a lot to like about this team. They shoot the three ball really well. 
and there's not a single team in this conference that is going to be able to just run away from them. They're going to be in every single game. And considering where they were even just a few short years ago, Ryan, it's quite the turnaround that we've seen with North Central. So this is a team I'm very impressed with, and I'm sure they'll be up there near the top when we reveal our preseason rankings here for both of us. But yeah, I mean, a a team that can certainly fill it up. There's no question about that. They scored 76 points per game last year while holding opponents just to 59. So they're not afraid to get in a run and gun kind of style and outscore you. And uh, this is a team that kind of got over that hump, I feel like. And we've talked about this, Ryan. When they came into the Erickson Center, played Northwestern, and got that victory. If you remember that game in the non-conference late last year, that really kind of seemed to turn the table, if you will, for that program. And now they absolutely are a threat and something to take serious. So that's just kind of a broad overview of them. Like I said, I'm expecting big things from North Central this year. To me, they have all the pieces to hoist that trophy at the end of the year. I don't know what you think about them, but to me, they they match up very well with this conference. Yeah, I agree. They're absolutely a threat. And, you know, you talk about that game at Northwestern in December in the non-conference. The term in sports of a program win, specifically in collegiate athletics, I think maybe gets thrown around a little too much. But in a sense for them, I mean, it may have been non-conference and you and I were there calling the game on the Eagles Sports Network wide and there was hardly anyone in the gym, but it felt like a huge turning point for that program and you could just see from Coach Brunner and his staff how excited they were when they got that win at a place where they've had some difficulties over the last couple of years and really just making a statement before they even got to conference play. And you mentioned that they're so efficient from deep They also shoot it from deep probably more than any other team in the conference. I believe they had the most three-point attempts and the best three-point percentage in the conference last season. So that's by design. And so Coach Brunner and his staff have done a great job over the last couple years. They have an identity now. As you mentioned, there's no question what you're going to see from North Central. Now it's tougher to stop it because it's one thing why to have multiple players on the floor that are triple threats, if you will, can put the ball on the floor, can distribute to others, or can make you pay, if you will, if you give them space to shoot the shot. It's another thing for them to be able to count on someone else really every night. You talk about DiGiorgio, I mean, she's the key in the middle, I think. But in the UMAC title game, I mean, they had to make a ferocious comeback to make it tight at the end against Bethany Lutheran. But Conte, I mean, dominated that game, helped to lead them back and had a huge performance for them. And like I said, they just fell short to Bethany Lutheran, but they have so many players on the floor that you have to keep in mind defensively and you have to cover. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the sky's the limit for them going into this season. And, you know, who would have thunk? If you said three years ago we would be saying all this about North Central, you'd say, really? I I don't know. I think it may take a little more time. So, I mean, huge credit to Coach Brunner and his staff there for getting their club to where they are now. And, I mean, I think you could say why expectations for that program coming into this season are, you know, as high as they've ever been, or at least in recent memory. They are as high as they they could possibly be. They were an 18-win team last year. I I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't think anybody would have said they saw that coming. So uh, certainly a turn of events there for the Rams, and I'm excited to watch them play this year and see what they can do. So, yeah, they're going to be a team to 
absolutely keep an eye on. So then if we go down, Ryan, I believe Bethany got the two then because in that semifinal match in the tournament, Northwestern-Bethany, the 2-3, Northwestern was on the road, correct? Or was that a home game for the Eagles? Northwestern got the two because they won okay. that head-to-head in the regular season. So Bethany had to come to the Erickson Center. So that game was in the Erickson Center, and that was kind of a bitter taste for the Eagles who, if you want, you can start this one off. I don't remember who he said was going to start this one off, but... It's a bitter taste for Northwestern, obviously, to end last year. And then they obviously had the NCCA tournament, and they went on an unbelievable run there. But just looking at it from the conference perspective, I think they're going to be really ready to hit the floor running this year once they hit UMAC play, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for Northwestern, they're losing a couple pieces. You know that they'll miss, but the big three is back, if you will. Brooklyn DeCam, Megan Roberts, Kelsey Lund, those three Basic. Well, don't don't just discredit Haley Pop either. Though. Yeah, well, I and I'll get to her wide. I mean, we saw down the stretch of the season how much you know the Eagles missed her on the floor when she was hurt down the stretch, and especially in the matchup against Bethany in that you know semifinal Saturday inside the Erickson Center, you could see real quick that the Eagles really missed Haley and trying mm-hmm. to defend Geisfeld, and we'll get to her when we talk about Bethany. But that's going to be huge for Northwestern this season is especially for Roberts and Pop to stay healthy, especially down the stretch in big-time matchups for defense and rebounding. That's not to say that other Eagles can't chip in and help on the glass, but it just looks so much different for Northwestern when they can have both of their posts in the contest. And, I mean, it's just night and day difference for them defensively and trying to clear the glass. I remember that game. I don't know how many times – Eagles defend, they're digging in as hard as they can for 25, 30 seconds. They get a stop and they can't get a rebound and Bethany has another opportunity and that's just absolutely demoralizing in a matchup like that. And Northwestern played maybe their best game of the season, Wyatt, earlier in the year at Bethany to take them down in Mankato, 85-72, to but it was a totally different story in March when Bethany came into the Erickson Center. I mean, that was a comprehensive dominating performance after it was tight early they pulled away and Northwestern tried to make a couple runs but I mean we'll get to Bethany like I said a little later but you know going back to Northwestern as you mentioned I mean they lose that game it's a tough pill to swallow for the Eagles but they bounce right back and they have a nice run in the NCCAA tournament getting all the way to the national championship in Indiana so that's something to look for I think for Northwestern how they can build off of that going into this season because they were you know riding a lot of momentum ending the season and how can they use that to kind of springboard them here to start this 2021-2022 campaign so yeah I mean we could say a lot about the Eagles Wyatt because you and I you know have watched them countless times over the last chunk of years but I mean they're going to be right there near the top as well and you know and hearing rumblings around campus this season you can bet that coach Call and his staff and the players who are returning. I mean, we talk about a big three, Wyatt. They're also all seniors. So you know Mm -hmm. Kelsey, Brooklyn, and Megan are all very hungry. And at the very least, they just want to get that chance in the UMAC final. Because how many times have you and I seen the Eagles fall in the semifinals in heartbreaking fashion and just not be able to get to that championship game? No no question about it. I I think they just want that chance and opportunity, and the chemistry is absolutely there. That was something I was going to point out is there is no reason this team also can't compete for that title and potentially even be the favorite as the season progresses. We'll see how these teams 
start to sort things out in the early part of the season. But yeah, they have all the pieces to go on a run this year. And, you know, now might be a good time. Full disclosure, as you mentioned, Ryan, we, we could talk all day about them because we know the most about this team yeah. from watching them so much. So just to let everyone know, if you want us to have more information on all the other teams, and we'll we'll learn more as we go, but you can always send us information about these other teams as well. We know a fair amount, but if there's any kind of insight you want to get to us, you can email us. It's UAO the UMAC at gmail.com. We take suggestions, so feel free to reach out if you want to. But yeah, Northwestern, certainly a team to keep an eye on here moving forward. If we just move on down, Ryan, to Bethany now, who we talked about, let's just put it this way. At least I won't speak for you, but to me, North Central, Northwestern, Bethany are kind of above the rest coming into this season. What's the outlook for the Vikings when you look at this squad entering the 2021-2022 season? Yeah, I'd absolutely agree, Wyatt. I mean, it's until proven otherwise, those are the top three at this point. And for, you know, Bethany, I mean, it's pretty simple, but it all starts and ends with Hannah Geisfeld. I mean, she's the top player in the conference. You D3 know, player of the year watch, maybe? I mean, I mean, potentially, you know, she could 25 points a game last year. <laughs> you know, she could have hunt them up, but her and Abby Olsen deciding to come back as graduate students, they're looking for more. And I don't know if you remember why a couple of years ago when they won the UMAC tournament title, they got that automatic berth into the NCAA tournament. And then a school we know a lot about, they uh, went down to Arden Hills and played at Bethel in the first round and they beat them. UMAC over Mayak, the first ever. Yep team in the UMAC on the woman's side to win an NCAA tournament game. Well, Ryan, as you know, the UMAC owns the MIAC when it oh, comes yeah. to postseason play. I oh, mean, yeah. that's, that's and other sports too, but we won't, we won't go there. No, but it's a well-known fact at this point. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. This team, and I'm glad you brought up Olsen and Geisfeld because they're going to be what makes this team go. And having them come back for that extra year is just monumental for the Vikings and trying to go back to back. I just look at those two and think, they combined for 40 points a game last year together. They've been with each other. They've been with this program for a long time. They're the two to keep an eye on. And with Geisfeld, you look at the other post players on the other two teams that we assume will be at the top with Roberts, Pop even, I guess, for Northwestern, and then DiGiorgio for North Central. And that's kind of the difference, I feel like, as of right now, is that Geisfeld is just a little bit more effective down low than the other team's posts are. I mean, once you agree, that's why she won the conference player of the year. And I feel like that's why Bethany was able to take that step and win the conference championship. I feel like she definitely has a lot of tools handing on the belt wide. I mean, it's, you know, as a post defender going up against her, you say, okay, let's fight to front her, try to not allow her to get the basketball. And then from there, you know, let's just play straight up and let's make it really difficult on her. She can go to her left hand. She can go to her right hand. She's so patient, excellent with the ball fakes and really just Bethany as a whole as a team, Wyatt, when they get the ball in the paint and they have positioning, it's basically lights out. I mean, especially last year, I haven't seen something like that in a while in the UMAC. They will make you pay nine times out of ten and finish you if they get that opportunity in the paint with inside positioning. It's basically over, and that's all led by Geisfeld. And, you know, she's been so tough to stop for everyone in the UMAC. I mean, we talked about the matchup against Northwestern, but she did – the same thing in the UMAC final against North Central after they uh, took down Northwestern in the semifinals. So she's a double-double machine. Clearly, she's hungry for more, and, you know, there's more games this year, so you can't blame them more of a normal season. 
a chance to potentially get back to the NCAA tournament. So she's definitely right there at the top as far as players of the year go in the conference. And I mean, you even said it, why a potential national player of the year as well. I mean, she definitely could be in the conversation. And one last thing on Bethany, the sign of a really great team, Wyatt, is peaking at the end of the season. In late February, early March, that is when you're playing your best basketball. And I don't think it's by accident. It's by design when it happens multiple times. Coach Jones and his staff getting their club to be playing at their absolute peak when they need to. Because remember, as I mentioned earlier, Northwestern kind of pulled off a little bit of an upset, I guess you could say, and kind of took it to them and lit them up in Mankato. Mm -hmm. It looked like a totally different game in the Erickson Center in March. And again, Northwestern had Haley pop out and it wasn't exactly the same roster. But at the same time, I mean, Bethany, we've seen it multiple times. They look like a different team as the season wears on. They get better and better and better. And that's why they're able to win two road games in the UMAC tournament last year to cut down the nets once again. No, no, no question. I mean, they're gonna be very exciting to watch. And I'm really interested here once we get to the end of this podcast where we each have those three ranked and just some differences and similarities. And as Ryan said, too, we'll reevaluate once we get to conference play. We'll know more about some of the freshmen and incoming players. So we're, we're basing all this off of what we know from last year and what the roster say coming back to this year. So Ryan, I can't remember that four or five matchup was superior in Morris, I believe. And who was able to host that one and take fourth last year? Was it Morris? Morris hosted Superior and they took him down. And I mean, when's the last time, Wyatt, that we've been able to say UW-Superior doesn't even win a game in the UMAC tournament? I mean, that was bizarre. That's probably the first time in our era, I guess, that it comes to mind for yeah. me. And yeah. and then, yeah, we'll, we'll get to them in a moment, though. Let's talk about the Cougars a little bit here. 6-4, and four, only played 10 games last year. Ended up losing to North Central in the semifinals after that win. And North Central actually took it to him pretty good, so a tough way to end the year for Coach Grove and his squad. And if you look at him, key returners, Lexus Eagles chasing, coming back, 17 points per game. And I didn't check, but I think she was a first-team all-conference selection, but I might be mistaken, so don't quote me on that one. And then they also got Mallory Anderson and Jaden Sandral. Sandral, the other one, averaging double digits per game last year. And they actually shot the ball pretty well from three-point range. I know we talk about North Central shooting well from three. That's just because they shoot so much of it. I mean, I look at those two, Anderson and Sandra, they each shot 36% from three-point range. They didn't take very many, though. So we'll see if that's something to keep an eye on if Morris starts to shoot more threes this year, work the ball outside. But obviously, their, their bread and butter is allowing Eagles chasing to kind of create and slash, if you will, towards the rim. So... Yeah, I, I mean, Morris, they're kind of going to try and take that next step and get up there with those top three, but I, I think they definitely could be in that conversation because they don't really lose anybody, Ryan. I, I was looking at the roster earlier, and there's only one or two people from the roster last year that aren't on the team this year. So talk about experience and bringing that back, and me and you have talked about it before. We absolutely believe that's a big factor, and that could be something we see this year with Morris if they take that next step. Yeah, absolutely. And you were correct, Wyatt. I can't confirm that Eagles chasing was first team all UMAC last season. I kind of assumed based on the 17 a game, and I feel like I could remember that. She's a very solid player, fun to watch. Yeah, and you know, 
Coach Grove has been there for a long time now in his 16th season, and you know he obviously loves that experience coming back for his club. And as we've mentioned, I mean, there seems like to be a Tier 1, but they're right below it in Tier 2. And I'd even say why for a team like Morris, I mean, obviously they'd like to crack the you know top two or the third spot in the regular season, but learn more and more about your team throughout the year and get to a point, just like I said with Bethany, where you're trying to peak at the end of the year. And then if you get that number four slot, you host a contest in the quarterfinals, and then you get to semifinal Saturday. Well, it, I should, you know, go back wide. It was semifinal Saturday last year because of the bizarre year. For some reason, we had UMAC finals on a Monday night, which was just... We should almost just throw last year out. I mean, to be honest, not because of hey, at least the we had a season. It was a short, yeah, yeah, we had a season. I mean, it was shortened and everything like that. And there was no NCAA tournament, but I'm ready for this year. Let's get back to what we consider normal and yeah. actually have have more UMAC basketball. But yes, the UMAC yeah, final. What, what a weird time. I, the UMAC final is meant to be played on the final Saturday in February at I 7 agree. o'clock with a full gym. Not it, on a Monday better. in early March where it's like, wait a second. Like, we can get up for this thing, don't get me wrong, but Monday night, I mean, this this doesn't feel exactly right. Yeah, that would be unacceptable. If, if, if they even entertained that <laughs> idea of bringing that back this year, I would write a letter to... Yeah. Uh, to the conference and say we need to switch that okay all right we got to keep you honest you, you'll hold me to i mean it's gonna be months. recorded i mean this is out there for people to hear so uh but yeah no morris uh, a team i think that can take that next step but it's gonna take some work it, it'll be interesting to keep keep an eye on them and now that next team you were talking about ryan superior i feel like they're at a weird spot in their program because they had been the face of women's basketball in this conference for so long the team that kind of controlled it. And now where do they go from here at this point, considering what happened last year and just trying to build back up, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a transitional period for them wide and for every, you know, dynasty. Cause we could call them a dynasty in the UMAC for how long they had a stranglehold on the top of that conference. It's going to end eventually. And you're going to have to find a way to flip the page and still try to stay relevant. I mean, look at what's happening with the New England Patriots this year. They're trying to stay relevant. They spent a lot of money in the offseason. Will it work? Will they have an opportunity to be, you know, in the playoff picture later on this season? Who knows? You just That's, use a New England Patriots football reference? To compare to UW-Superior women's basketball, I absolutely did. You know, I appreciate that because I got the Monday night football game going on here. So I'm glad you can bring that into the conversation yeah. somehow. You you can continue. We're you know? not we're not Patriot guys. We're not comparing everything not a about chance. the Patriots Bill, to the Yellow Jackets. Bill Belichick and Tom Shady yeah. back in the day. I like Mac Jones though. Great guy, great kid. But anyway, anyways, moving on for UW Superior, it is a surprise for their fan base to see what happened last year. And like I mentioned, not you know even picking up a win in the UMAC tournament, but they're not panicking. Coach Otto Fisher now will be in his fifth season, and there's a lot of experience on that bench as well with his assistants. And women's basketball is a big thing there, Why? I mean, we've heard in past years how they have the whole light show, shut out the lights, and it's like the primetime event it was for a number of years on their campus, and I unfortunately still haven't got over well, there to see a contest, I was just going to say, that is one gym I've never been to. I'm trying to think, maybe Martin Luther's as well, but otherwise, I'm pretty sure I've been in every other gym in the UMAC. Yeah, over the years, watching so, so, your so brother do wa- Watching my brother, yeah, for yep. those of you who don't know, my brother was Porter Morell. And look he was, look it uh, up, the shot against St. Thomas. Look it it up, was folks. kind of a big deal at the time. <laughs> but uh, anyways, still that's, come on. <laughs> that's, 
Yeah, I, oh, that's a good point. Still is. <laughs> Actually, should give him a shout out. I just found out uh, child number three on the way for Mr. Wow. Paul Morell and his wife Emma. So congratulations, uh, Uncle Wyatt's gonna have a have a third one to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, so congrats to them. But getting back to our our main point here, Ryan, like you said, it had been something that was a big deal in the UMAC. It almost just doesn't really feel like that anymore, though, does it? I mean. It feels like this is a critical year for Superior to kind of reinstate themselves, or otherwise you can absolutely start to say that that dynasty is pretty much over, I would say. Absolutely. You know, at least put some heat on that top tier, if you will. And much like Morris, like I said, you know, you try to get that number four slot, you get that home matchup in the quarterfinals. And I know, folks, that's such a long ways away. But a much normal season, I think, for this team as well will do so much good. They were really young last year, Wyatt. They had to turn the page, yep. losing a lot of experienced players. Leedstrom was kind of trying to lead them, and she was a senior last year. And again, this is one of those instances, folks. We don't have an updated roster on a lot of the websites for each team at this point. So maybe she has an extra year, but we don't necessarily know at this point. So We're working the best with what we have. Yes. And again coaches listening players listening fans uao the umac at gmail.com we're also on twitter unlike any other the umac let us know i mean we want to hear from you and make sure we're getting our information correct and obviously we're going to um you know learn learn more as the season goes and once games start playing we'll we'll have our answer but anything you can provide we're we're all for it yeah so i mean finally just wrapping up quickly why on superior very young club, but I mean, that's good in a way for Coach Otto Fisher. They got a lot of great experience last season, and I still think they're trying to find their way and find their identity coming into this year. But I think they're a big bounce-back candidate, much like Morris in this conference, where who knows what's going to happen. I mean, they could potentially threaten those top three, if you will. At this point, you know, we kind of set those tiers, but who knows what can happen with them. I think you got to trust the coaching staff and what they're trying to do there and what they've done in the past. And you know why those players who are now, you know, freshmen turning into sophomores, sophomores turning into juniors, they don't want to be labeled as the group. Okay, when you people came into this program, it kind of took a dip and it hasn't been the same ever since. If we're saying that three, four years down the road, they want to make a push right now. And as you mentioned, it's a very important season for the Yellow Jackets to at least be right on the heels of that top tier and then, you know, who knows what happens? I'll keep saying it. Late in the year, UMAC tournament, anything can happen. But really important season for UW-Superior to try to get back near the top. For sure. I think that'll be a big talking point for us as the season progresses. Like you said, these teams that are near that top where we think they can make a run, we'll see how it all kind of pans out. So if you move on to number six, it was Northland last year in the standings. And full disclosure, that was one team I didn't get to take many notes on. Uh, we, we obviously have full-time jobs, me and Ryan do, so we are <laughs> limited a little bit with our resources and time, but I was also at a wedding this weekend, and now I'm a little under the weather, so I just didn't have time to look at them. So Ryan, I'm going to let you take this one, and if there is anything I can add to it, I certainly will, but you can kind of take the lead on this one because I know you had some time to scope them out a little bit. Yeah, Wyatt, the big story with the Lumberjills is – not a whole lot of play last year, unfortunately, for them. They only got to play four games on the season. Three out of those four were in UMAC play. But, you know, fortunately for you and I, I mean, as far as looking at how they're going to be coming into this season, we got to watch them with our own two eyes back last February when they came to the Erickson Center for one of the few contests they were able to play. And, I mean, early in that game, it was apparent 
Wyatt, I don't know if I've seen any other team in the UMAC spread the floor more. I don't know if you remember that. It's like they had their point guard, uh, I believe, trying to find the name here. I think it was I think it was White. Not that that's uh, super important, but yeah. I White, vaguely, who's the freshman. I vaguely remember the spreading of the floor, though. Yeah, but she would come downhill from, you know, the end of the center court logo, if you will, and then they would spread it out as far as you can be on the right wing, as far as you can be on the left wing towards the opposing team's bench, and then in the two corners, and it was the definition of drive and kick. And if they had any sort of look, they were shooting, period. And, I mean, Miranda Wagner... I don't know if you remember early in that game, Wyatt. She couldn't miss. I think she made four of her first five shots. She was keeping Northland in the game to start. So I think she's definitely the player to watch going into this season for the Lumberjills. She'll be a junior on that club. She had the most offensive talent in that game that we saw with them. But, I mean, Northland, we can say this for a number of their squads, Wyatt, just recruiting from all over the place. I'd love to know Coach Tucker and his staff what their off-seasons look like to get, I mean, these players from they got – Florida, New Mexico, Wisconsin, Iowa, Wyoming, Texas, Arkansas, Nevada. I mean, they're you all know, over the place. Division three is quite the entity in that way because you see that with a lot of different schools. They kind of go all over the place. And I've always wondered how that works as well because I can't imagine all these Division three coaches are flying on private jets to no. go wherever they want to recruit <laughs> players. What so. was this last year, Wyatt? The age of Zoom. I mean, we saw it with the NFL yeah. draft and pro sports and all across the landscape. Yep people are more accessible than they've ever been. That'd be a good question once we do get a coach to come on the podcast is how they've been able to adapt as times have changed. Because like you said, it certainly has changed. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it is interesting to see the different faces and the different places for Northland. And I just think they're a team with the limited amount that I do know on them. I have a hard time seeing them being able to take that next step and be up there with the top. So I think that'd be a little lofty for this upcoming year, but that doesn't mean they can't compete either though. It's kind of that building phase to see where, where you're at and where you can go. And again, if, if anybody doesn't like what I'm saying, I guess prove us wrong. I mean, yeah. you, you can certainly prove us wrong. We'll reevaluate at the conference season, but that's just kind of the way I see it as of right now. I like the energy from the coaching staff. I mean, you and I, you know, had some fun watching Coach Tucker when he came into the Erickson Center with his club. It seems like they're trying to do the right things to move this thing forward, and they have some energy infused into that program. And I've said this for a couple teams, but maybe more them than anyone, especially with the you know trouble they had last year just playing games. I mean, you know, so many teams had that issue. But for them, a full slate is going to do a world of good for the future. Like you said, it may not show necessarily yep. this season, but this is a big building block year opportunity for the Lumberjills. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing if they can take that step because, like I said, even though they maybe won't compete for a championship, like you have to be able to get that experience and have those games, and it hurt not not having that last year. So good, good to have more basketball coming their way this year. Martin Luther, I believe, would be seven, correct? And then we'll finish up with Crown in the eight spot. So for the Knights, I'm just going to say right off the top, this is my dark horse team this year in the UMAC from – Going off of last year's standings, I think they might take a leap up this year. Emily Wikowski, senior, coming back, 14 points per game last year, played the most minutes on the roster, so she'll be back. Then they got Erica Gosh, 13 points a game, and 38% from three. So she shot the three ball very well a year ago. Their top six players, as far as minutes go, Ryan, are all coming back this year. They won two conference games. So 
I think this could be a sneaky team. I'm not saying they are going to be near the top by any means, but to me, the Knights, considering they were the seven seed last year, I think they'll definitely take a step up this year. Get this, Wyatt. So they take on Bethany Lutheran on the road. Martin Luther being the six seed, Bethany the three in the first round of the UMAC conference. And tournament. it was only like a ten point game, right? Guess how many Martin Luther was down after three quarters? How many points were they down? Well, now you're making me think it was either a huge amount or it was like tied. So I'll go with like one or two. They were down just four points heading into the fourth yeah. quarter. They yeah, were, they were. They were right there on the they road. Were. And they got beat pretty handily by Bethany just a few weeks earlier on February the 25th. March 4th, they found something. They, you know, started to figure things out. And for a lot of these programs, why we talk about building blocks. And, you know, of course, they'll say they wanted to come up with the victory. But that's a huge moral victory for the Knights coming into this season. And you can bet that their coaching staff is telling their players, let's look back on how we finished last March and use that to build into this non-conference slate and get some momentum going into conference play. There's some belief there potentially. And as you mentioned, with the top six in minutes coming back, I mean, who knows in that, you know, bottom tier, if you will, of the UMAC, as we look at it now, they could be at the top of that, trying to make a push into that middle tier and make something happen. So there's definitely, you know, reason for positivity for uh, the Knights fans. No, I can actually get a little excited about Martin Luther basketball on the women's side. And I mean, that wasn't something where we could say they're going to be a team to actually like keep an eye on here. And they, they have earned that right based off of, like you said, the way they ended last year, showing us that they could compete with Bethany like that. They're a team that you have to respect and keep an eye on. And I really do think they're going to take a jump this year. So that, that'll be one of the predictions uh, for myself this year is to keep an eye on Martin Luther. I think they're going to be sneaky. Going down now, Crown College, and this was a tough year last year, Ryan, because they only got to play seven games, and there was just a lot that happened with that program. We got a chance to watch them against Northwestern in the Erickson Center, and I, I know one thing you want to key on is new coaching staff. That's kind of the big big storyline, if you will, coming into this year uh, uh, for Crown. Are they, they the Storm, the Polar Bears? Now I forget. They're... <laughs> Uh, they're still this, the storm guess, but they're still the storm newer, and what their newer, mascot's a polar bear newer logo i don't think they actually have any actual furry polar bear roaming around the campus in saint bonifacius but that is the the logo so little rebrand yeah per- personally i i can't quite understand that one i mean if, <laughs> if somebody wants to explain why they felt the need to do that go ahead but yeah. uh new coaching staff Yes. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, new head coach, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing her last name incorrectly, but Leah Zabla. Again, and, we're working with what we have. Give exactly. Us a break. <laughs> Trying to infuse some energy into this club. She is brand new at Crown College. This will be her first season, and Wyatt, a pretty accomplished college player herself, two-time captain, and scored 1,000 points at University of North Dakota in Grand Forks. That's at the Division One level, so... I mean, she knows basketball. She knows, you know, how to talk it to her players, if you will. And she has some coaching experience in the past as well before taking this job at Crown. And I think this could be exactly what this club needs, Wyatt. I mean, nothing against the coaching staff that was in the past. But, you know, at a certain point, you need to flip the switch and turn the page and try to switch to something different to maybe try to get a different outcome. We see it all the time in sports. A lot of times when a coach leaves, it's not that there's a lot wrong with them. But at some point, if you're not producing, you just need to try something different. And it happens in sports all the time. And I think that's maybe the kind of thing that Crown is trying to do at this point. And as you mentioned, 
They had multiple stoppages during the season last year where they were starting back up again, practicing, and then they're stopped again, and then they think they're good to go again, and then they're stopped again. So we hope that a lot of those issues, folks, are out of the way coming up this season. And, you know, Wyatt and I are going to be positive on this podcast, and we're believing that it's going to be as close to a normal season as it can get. But obviously we'll have to wait and see on that. But much like the Lumberjills from Northland, as I mentioned moments ago, it's going to do this program a world of good, Wyatt, to play close to a full slate, if not a full slate, to use it as a building block going into the next year. Because that is the definition of what Crown is trying to do this season. And to kind of just build some positivity into that fan base. And there is, I mean, looking at the roster, Wyatt, there's so many opportunities for so many different players. Yes, they have a couple upperclassmen who are going to try to leave the program in a better spot than where they came. But there's so many underclassmen who are going to get big-time minutes for this club. So it's an opportunity for a lot of people on that squad and I'm just excited to see you know the different energy culture vibe we can throw all those buzzwords out all the words that PJ Fleck likes to use but that's really what I'm looking forward to with this club is just seeing what looks different in this campaign under new head coach Leah Zabla. No and I think basically what they've been saying leading up to this season is exactly what everybody's preaching is let's just try and have a normal year not have to worry about COVID. I mean, one can only hope we get back to that normal sense of basketball, full gymnasiums, and it's just a year where we don't have to worry about that. So time will tell. The only other it's, thing it's I would mention. Wyatt. It's going to happen. I'm telling you. I get goosebumps I agree. just I, thinking about it. Full gym. I think it will. Close and game, down the stretch, fans into it. I mean, that's that's why you and I love doing what we were able to do and broadcast the games, and that's what the players want to do. So just for the players' sake. Could they get that this year? Absolutely. And, you know, regardless of what your stance is on COVID-19, one thing we can all agree on is we're, we're sick of it and just ready to be done with it. So, uh, and, and to me, I think we, we, we can get past that as well. And we're going to have that this year with, with that come around to the, the big games, if, if you will, at the end of the season. So yeah, the only other thing I was going to say about crown is their top six are back from last year, as far as minutes go. So, I mean, you have, girls that have played together maybe something to build off of there with that new coaching staff and we'll see if they can turn it around so with that ryan i think it's time to reveal the predictions as far as one through eight go i never really thought about this before we started but as far as like a preseason conference player of the year goes i think we can both agree on Geisfield to repeat correct yeah i would have to agree based on it's, everything i said talking about bethany yeah it's the safe play i mean yep. uh, and i'm gonna be as safe as possible knowing what we know so yep. we can maybe reevaluate that as well before we hit conference play because that's really what it comes down to is your stats in conference play so uh we'll, we'll maybe revisit that as well so Ryan, what do you want to do? You want to just go each of us say our number one and then just continue to work down the line. And if there's a difference, we can talk about why there's a difference, I guess. Or how how do you think the best way to do this is? Why, you know, I love to build the suspense. You want to go eight to one. Yes, you read my mind. I want to go go eight to one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. before, Before we do that real quickly, Wyatt, just shout out to everyone who has listened to the whole podcast to this point and they're still listening now because we'll probably put in a timestamp to say if you yeah. want to just skip to the end and hear our one through eight predictions go ahead but hey shout out to you if you made it all the way through i mean you can let us know if you listen to the whole thing uao the umac at gmail.com or 
on Twitter as well. You can find us unlike any other, the UMAC. But shout out to you, you know, if you've listened all the way through, you've stayed patient, you've heard Wyde and I ramble on about these teams trying to make some sense, and now you're near the end, the moment everyone's been waiting for. So shout out to those people. That's a podcast idea right there. We're going to start, we're going to find a way, we're going to do something where we put in yeah. a certain like quote or something somewhere throughout go. the podcast and we're going to give away a prize or something that way we'll keep people honest because at this point ryan let's be honest most of the people that have listened to this entire podcast as we're recording on a monday night here monday night football's on they're probably watching the football game so good yeah. good for you but they're um, diehards Wyatt. it's they probably all, diehards they it's, love the it's UMAC. probably family no i was gonna say it's family members or there there are a few diehards out there so be interested interested to see how that all shapes up but yes we will provide the timestamps so that uh, if you just want to listen to your team, by all means, feel free. We'll take any kind of support. So, so don't get us wrong. We'll we'll take any kind of support. So, <laughs> yes. Number eight, Ryan. Let's let's get into it. For me, it's the team we just talked about. It's going to be crown for me at number eight again. I just think coming off of the way things were last year, and they're just trying to get back to that normal sense. I, I'm going to put them at eight for the time being, and we'll see how this year goes with the new coaching staff. I got the same thing, and I'll say it again. I mean, I may sound like a broken record, but I keep saying time and time again, until proven otherwise, this is the result. And I'll say that, you know, with other teams and players as well throughout the season. So, yes, I have mm-hmm. crowned at number eight as well. Kind of just have to go off of what we know from last year and, and leading into this year. So with that, number seven for me is going to be Northland. I I think this is a team I just didn't get to study enough with and don't know enough about, and that's the great thing about this, Ryan, is we're going to be able to reevaluate before conference play begins, and I can make a difference. And again, go out there and prove me wrong. I, I hope they do, in a sense, if they're listening to this, use it as bulletin board material. But uh, for now, I'm, uh, I'm going to have them at number seven. All right, we have our uh, first argument, if you will. Not that we're going to argue about it, but I got Martin Luther at Come number seven. Come on. After I say they're the dark horse, my surprise I think, team. I think the potential's there. I think there's so much unknown with the Lumberjills, and I'll say it again. I think Coach Tucker and his staff have them on the right path, and I'm even going back to before last season and what we've seen from them in the matchup specifically they've had inside the Erickson Center that you and I have been able to watch. I think it's basically a throwaway year for them last year like it was so many programs. So I'm interested to see, though. I mean – Lumberjills versus Knights. Those are going to be some uh, interesting matchups this year, I think. But uh, I got the Lumberjills at number seven. Or excuse me. A, I got no, Martin no, Luther at number Martin seven. Luther, yes. And then I'm assuming you've got the Lumberjills at six, correct? You would, you would be correct. All right. And that's where I had to put Martin Luther six. As much as I want to say they're going to take a j- jump up, to me right now, that's as far as I can do. I'll have to see how they do in the first couple weeks of the season before conference play begins. But, yeah, we have that slight difference. I just... I don't know. There's something about this team when I was looking at their numbers from last year and the way they competed with Bethany in that final game. To me, I'm going to put them just ahead of Northland. Very fair. All right, I, I can uh, go first this time. Yeah, so go ahead. So now, now we're on number five. This is where I have Coach Grove's club, the Minnesota Morris Cougars, and it's it's real tight. This was a tough one for me, but uh, I have them slotted in at number five, dropping one slot, if you will, from last season. I'm going to do the same exact thing. I'm going to put Morris at number five. First of all, shout out to Coach Grove because I think it was during the men's game between Northwestern and Morris. He was emailing me and you, Ryan, on the Eagle Sports Network and saying he was loving the action. So if he's listening to this by any chance, shout out to him. We're going to have to interview him at some point. 
during this season as well. Going to put them at five, though, just just the fact because when we talk about the team that I'm going to have at number four, and I'm assuming you're going to have the same as Superior, is is because I think the Superior team, like you said, they were young, and I think this is a huge year for them to kind of show that they mean business and they can get back to that state of basketball that used to be. So for Morris, I think they're just on the other side of Superior in that five spot. And again, I think Martin Luther's close as well in that gap. I feel like these middle teams all kind of blend together, and that's where things will get interesting. But yeah, I'm going to go Morris 5 and then Superior 4. I got the same thing. Those two are razor thin, though. I mean, I could flip those very easily, and like we've mentioned before, and I'll say it again, we will redo this exercise, if you will, before conference play begins a little bit later on in the non-conference slate, if you will. But those two wide are really close those are my two big bounce back candidates in the umac morris and superior for sure no absolutely you can go first on this one if you want as well this is where i'm interested because all three of these teams to me are neck and neck they are interchangeable i mean i think you can make an argument for any one of them to be one any one of them to be two any one of them to be three so at the moment i have north central at the number at the at the number three slot the Rams dropping a couple of slots, if you will, after finishing one last year. But again, Northwestern, North Central, and Bethany all had one loss in UMAC play. But why I have the Rams at number three, I'm uh, just a hunch. I'm going to guess you do not agree. I do agree. Wow. I have North okay. Central at number three. Even though they were able to host the tournament last year, and I still think they could easily win it this year. I mean, we talked highly about them at the beginning of this podcast. These teams are just so interchangeable. And, and to me, with 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 that considered, I guess, I'm going to put them in number three for the time being. And again, we'll reevaluate once that conference season rolls around. There's a lot to like, but for me, the Rams are going to come in at number three. Well, I'm a curious. Why did you think I would disagree? Just with the way you were talking about the Rams at the top, I thought for sure they would be in the top two. And again, all these clubs are so close, like we've said before, but you came out firing. I mean, you were coming out hot, giving some love to the Rams. And they deserve it. Don't get me wrong. I just had a hunch that they were at least going to be in the top two for you. But uh, I guess I was wrong. Well, you know? I think You're... that just shows how tight it is up at the top this year, yeah. is yeah. that you could interchange. I mean, I could talk so highly about them, and I have to. I feel like I have to put them at number three just based yeah. on the other two teams. So you got a great poker face, Wyatt. I can't see you right now, but I know you got a great <laughs> poker face. So you fooled me there. Yeah, I mean, what can I say? I've I've been known to bend the truth a little bit, Ryan. But uh, anyways, number two and number one. Do you want to do? Do you want us to say our number one teams? I mean, as soon as we say the one, obviously the other one is going to be known. So you go first. I mean, you make the decision. Whatever you want to do. All right. Well, well, I'll just I'll go like this. I'll just say mine. My number one is going to be Bethany, and my two is Northwestern. And the reason for that. And again, all these teams are interchangeable. I could put North North Central one, and I'm not going to disagree with somebody for doing that. If Bethany was all the way down at three, I'm not going to disagree. The reason I have Bethany at one is because they won the tournament last year. And because they're the defending champions and they bring back Geisfield and Olsen, I feel feel like it's really tough not to put them at number one. And I'll be very interested to see when the coaches do their poll, because obviously they do their preseason poll, and we'll probably compare ours to theirs when it comes out. I'll be interested to see how those rankings unfold, but I would guess Bethany is going to be number one just based off the fact that they won it last year and they're returning these pieces. Northwestern, 
Another team I feel like could easily win the conference this year. They're going to come in at number two. The big three, and I like to call it the big four because I give Pop her credit. I know you do too, Ryan. I'm just I'm just saying you got the big three. I'm going to go big, big three four. Big is just the term everyone recognizes. No, no, one, no hardly anyone says big four. That's what I, I, I understand. Yes. Yes. I just I, I know what Northwestern has as far as depth goes. We don't know anything about the incoming recruiting classes for any yes. of these teams. So just based off of what they have coming back, Northwestern has quite a bit to be excited about. I just can't put them in front of Bethany with the way Bethany handled them in the conference tournament. So they're going to be number two for me, coach call squad. We'll see though. Maybe they can win it again. Any one of those three teams wins it. I'm not going to be surprised. It is that close up at the top this year. Well, after some drama early, Wyatt, with our uh, switch-ups between Northland and Martin Luther, (laughs) we are all the way the same to the finish. And we, folks, you can choose to believe us if you want to, or you can say we're full of it. We did not tell each other our one through eight until right now as we are recording. So No, it, it also doesn't surprise me, though, because of the fact we've gotten to watch all these teams for the past four years. So, I mean, yeah. we, we have a decent feeling for what our idea of each of these teams is. Don't worry, folks. We will argue and disagree about some things throughout the season. That will happen. It is not just going to be we're going to agree on everything throughout the year. So uh, that will not be the case. There's just only so much we know going yeah. into these <laughs> rankings from, from last year. So obviously it's going to be somewhat similar, but no, we will definitely get into it a little bit. Same kind of reason why you put Bethany number one, I guess, yeah. just as far as the fact that they won it last year and they're returning their two best players. Until proven otherwise, until somebody can figure out a way to make guys felt less of a factor and they're beatable. I mean, Northwestern did it on the road last year, like I said, but so many things got to go right to beat that team. And just with the experience that they have coming back, I mean, for the moment, you got to put them on top. But again, I'm excited to see the chunk of non-conference games for each of these squads in November, early December, how they look. We can learn some things. I mean, we can go box score searching. Wyatt and I are going to try to pull up some streams and watch some of these games when we can. I mean, I'll be lucky enough to see all the Eagle games, Lord willing, as long as I'm healthy, I'll be in the Erickson Center calling all those ones. But we're going to learn some things, Wyatt, here over the next six, eight, ten weeks. And as we move, I don't know how many weeks it is till UMAC conference play. That's the number of weeks I was going to The countdown is already sure. begun. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're just not on John Rothstein's <laughs> level. I mean, that guy's no. already, each and every day, the countdown it, it is at 35 days. It is only days. October, Wyatt. Remember, only October. It's going to be March <laughs> soon. I mean, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Hey. Look, like, like you said, yeah. Winter is coming here in Minnesota, and up here I've heard it's worse than down in the cities up in Crookston, Minnesota, you know, the northern part of the state where I am. So I'm going to be inside a lot, and I'm going to need something to watch. So like you said, I'm going to be watching some of these games, keeping an eye on it. I'm going to dedicate time to making sure we're on top of what's happening. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch it unfold. Obviously, next week we're going to get into the men's side of things, Ryan, and preview that conference, and that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about because I think it's Very similar in a way that a lot of players are using that extra year of eligibility and coming back. It is different in that I think we can both agree there is a clear-cut favorite at the top. And then we'll see what goes from there. Or maybe you disagree, but I I think for the most part, people kind of have an idea of who's going to be number one going into the year. So. I would agree. We we don't have to say the team yet, but uh, just another nugget to remember too. There's a very key factor to consider for who is no longer playing men's basketball in the UMAC, and that's going to have a huge determining factor for who 
is going to be climbing near the top a door just opening a little bit on the men's side somebody's got to step through it this season well yeah, and, and it's worth mentioning here too with Scholastica out of the UMAC. It's not as big of an impact on the women's side because they weren't at the top necessarily, if you will, yeah. during their time in the UMAC for women's basketball. But on the men's side, that will certainly make an impact. So that's a good thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and then obviously only the eight teams, which is why we ranked them one through eight. So uh, mo- most people know that, though. At this point, if you're following the UMAC, they know the change. Makes it easy. You know, it's a it's lot worth easier mentioning. to talk about things one through eight instead of one through nine. Made it a lot more murky. So, you know, maybe it's for the yeah. best. Yeah, well, and with the <laughs> scheduling, I feel like even this year, I don't know how they're doing it, but now everybody kind of has that yeah. constant. You can cycle through better, I feel like, and I haven't yeah. looked into how they're going to handle that. But, no, we'll we'll be talking about the men's. Men's podcast for the preview will be coming up next week sometime, uh, probably probably Wednesday. I mean, we're not going to make any promises just because things are busy and stuff happens, but it will be sometime the following week, and we'll, we'll do a similar thing and kind of dive into everything. So if you got information for us and you want to let us know something, feel free. We'll maybe even send out a tweet. We'll do a better job on our social media platforms as well as getting that information out and letting people know uh, when it's going to post and stuff like that. So keep an eye on that as well. Again, email UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email with any tidbits or questions or comments, concerns. And yeah, we're more than open to that and receptive to that information. So uh, with that, Ryan, that's all I got. I'm going to let you end this one with whatever you feel is on your heart tonight. You know, you got something you want to just really say. Feel free to, not now's the time. Yeah, you know, before we know it, why it will be rolling, and we'll be right in the thick of the thing. So, you know, stay patient. We are almost there, and I'll drop a couple of my favorite quotes that you've heard me say a zillion times. But the former great Vikings coach Mike Tice, enjoy coach. Oh the season. He'd tell that all the time to the media when they're asking all these big picture questions, and we'll look at big picture things, folks. Don't get us wrong, but always remember the wise words from Mike Tice. Enjoy the season and then one more you know i gotta mention the pj fleck quote wyatt the dream no 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 the dream the dream is in the process once it's over it's all over the dream is in the process think about that folks okay when you lay your head on the pillow tonight think about that the dream is in the process enjoy the process enjoy the grind and uh, yeah, we're we're gonna be there soon. So stay patient. The season is coming up very soon. So I can agree with that PJ Fleck comment. And I mean, I don't dislike PJ Fleck by any means. I just I think big win over the Huskers. Huge win. I, Door I is open in the Big Ten West. I can appreciate him throwing some shade at Scott Frost because I'm not yeah. a Scott Frost guy. So yeah. I I can 100% back that. As far as your Mike Tice comment, first of all, great Minnesota Vikings coach. I don't know about that. This is the same guy. Sure, that that comment was good that he had. This is the same guy that said we were one of five teams that could win it all because they were the last game on like divisional round weekend. So he was like, oh, we were one of the five best teams in the NFL. That's not the way it works, Mike. Come on. I say that loosely, Wyatt. You know, we've had our carousel of coaches here in Minnesota, but great personality. You know, I'm somebody who just loves memorable quotes, and so I just like the personality, and I tried to do my best Mike Tice voice. It did probably not come off very good here over the mic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those were the good old days growing up watching uh, Mike Mike Tice coach the Vikings. So, 
we'll leave it at that. We we won't have any more football references tonight, but we will not promise that we will not have comparisons throughout the season. You need to compare a UMAC women's to club Randall. to a football team. I did it today. You will do it next time, okay? Deal? <laughs> Deal. Okay. I had to think about it, but I, I, I can manage, I think. We'll see. All right. With that, I will stop rambling on, and uh, we will wrap this thing up. Shout out again to any of those who listened to this whole thing, this woman's preview for the 2021-2022 UMAC season. Again, men's preview coming up next week. Look forward to that and breaking down what's going to go on. First week of November is coming soon where non-conference games will kick off. So we look forward to that. And again, please reach out to us. Our inbox is open. DMs are open. Again, the email, U-A-O, the UMAC, all one word, at gmail.com. The Twitter account, just search, unlike any other, the UMAC. And we look forward to catching you here next week. And and make sure, make sure, download the podcast if you can, because that's how we track our numbers and if people are actually still staying involved and interested. So feel free to download it, subscribe, tell your parents, tell anybody that's interested in listening to listen because uh as spread we get the to love know these... around we need more love in this world Wyatt. spread the love absolutely around. and as we get to know these players more i'm sure their parents are going to want to know what we're saying about them and want to know what we're saying about the team so if they're listening tell your family members about it because we're going to get involved with it and we'll maybe even come up with like a feature as we go down the road like the focus player of the week or something like that you know we'll we'll definitely make this more interactive as we go just these first couple ones are just going to be us but yeah download subscribe follow us on social media and uh, yeah, I think think that's all I got for now. All righty, that will do it. A wrap on this one. Looking forward to talking next week. Once again, men's preview coming on unlike any other, the UMAC.